Hi everyone, I'm Christine Blanchette, the host and producer of Run With It, and welcome to the Run With It podcast. I interview medical professionals, athletes, nutritionists, and celebrities who are following a healthy lifestyle. Joining me today is Dr. Lucas McMillan, who is a naturopathic physician and clinical director of Delbrook Integrative Medical Center, and he's back on the show to talk about how to find a healthy diet that works for you. Welcome back, Dr. Lucas. Hello, Christine, and thanks so much for having me again. You know, um, when we look at diets, how do you find a healthy diet that works for you? What are your options? Yeah, so this is the question I think we should all be asking. Not what is the perfect diet or what should everybody be eating, but what can I do to best fuel my body for what I'm doing right now? This answer can actually change over time. So depending on how active we are, depending on the life that we're living, that answer can actually be quite different. So I'm excited to chat about this because my goal for today is to try to give people a bit of a background as to what we know, what we don't know. I'm just a brief overview of some really important points as to why these questions are difficult to answer specifically, and then give some tools as to how to figure this out for yourself with some guidelines as to some things that I I find work for more people than not. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, is there a lot of research that is needed or does it keep changing, like, with, you know, technology? Yeah, yeah. So the research on diet is really minimal. So and if we try to imagine what it would be like being put in a research study for diet, it makes sense. Imagine eating anything you're eating now, being randomly assigned to a group, or you might be eating something completely different. You might completely change your entire dietary pattern top to bottom and being asked to maintain that for a year or more. It's just not something that's feasible. It's not something we can reasonably expect a large group of people to do. And the more people that drop out, the weaker that study becomes. So with all that background information, it's going to be really hard to try to put it all together. And further, any dietary strategies we come up with or anything we find that is more of a benefit for a larger group of people, it's going to cost a lot of money to get there. We're not going to be able to patent that information. So we're not likely to get that money back. So I like to think that generally people are good people, but it is very hard to find anyone who's willing to throw millions of dollars for it to do a lot of research knowing that that money can't possibly come directly back to them. It's just unfortunately one of the one of the realities of research is finances are a piece of that puzzle. So the information that we do have generally looks at how healthy people are after the fact. So people who tend to eat more fiber, do they tend to be healthier? People who tend to eat less sugar, do they tend to be healthier? And most of the time, these studies aren't very strong. Uh, They give us information, but compared to studies we would use, say, for medication, It's just not a very large group of people. So it's not a very definitive answer that we can pull. So in the end, we want to draw from how our body feels, and we want to draw from experienced professionals who have actually played with some of these, who have seen what likely works, what likely doesn't, how people react, and use all of those pieces of the puzzle to try to put it together. So today, I'll I'll do my best to try to focus on what people can do for themselves and how to best assess what works for your body. Mm -hmm. I mean, as you said, there's lots of great information out there, but everybody responds differently. And, but there is, like you said, it's like, um, 
there's lots of factors that go in, like, um, you know, if you're a runner, like, what are you looking at? You know, what are your goals? Correct? Mm -hmm. Exactly. So whatever you're trying to accomplish will change everything. Mm. It'll change the recommendations for diet. It'll change the recommendations for exercise. It'll change what you likely need for stress outlets. I mean, different training programs can be very stressful. Sometimes they're amazing, they're exciting, but it often means we often need a different type of downtime. We need some options to unwind. It changes what our body needs. So again, the whole crux of this talk will be we need to pay attention to how it feels while we're doing it. Mm. So if we're starting a new training program, it's typically going to be uncomfortable off. But that just because we're creating change and the body is adjusting. Short-term discomforts are a part of the process, whether we're changing diet, whether we're changing our exercise programs. Even if we're introducing a new stress outlet, if somebody wants to try meditation, which is fantastic for some people and in my opinion isn't quite right for others, it probably won't feel good off the bat regardless. It takes a little bit of time to step into those. Mm. But if you're moving forward, you spent a good week at whatever the new program or pattern is, you still don't quite feel right. Or if you have bigger new problems that show up, if you have unexplained headaches, if you have unexplained significant digestive problems like loose stools or significant gas and bloating, there's something in the body that likely isn't working right now. And for what you're doing and your goals right now, something doesn't quite fit. So we need to make an adjustment. Because it could be an allergy or it could be food sensitivity, right? Because even like a healthy food could be not not agreeing with you like you know exactly <laughs> exactly i've had a lot of people that will make a healthy dietary change so maybe i'm going to decide to eat more kale and beans that's great you're going to get more fiber you're going to get more greens you're going to get other benefits that are found in these foods that generally are really really quite healthy but they don't work for everyone so choosing a food that on average again found by these studies where we look after the fact of people who eat more kale and who eat more beans maybe tend to be healthier that's great information for the general population but will not ever be able to tell you what is best for your body so it's a really good starting point it's a really good goal it should be part of the experimentation and in the end, if we compile a list of all the things that are most likely to be healthy, they're a really, really good starting point. We use that information to build the program and then trial. Do I feel better when I eat this many beans? Do I feel better when I have this kind of grain? Do I feel better if I include more berries in my diet? Mm -hmm. Listen to that. So we have millions of sensors built in that give us a fantastic amount of information. And in my opinion, that information is way more accurate and way more valuable than anything we can ever get from a single or a group of research studies. Yes. Well, the thing is listening to your body, but I mean, everyone is different, but like, when should we look at the results? Like, does it take two months, three months, or does it depend? Yeah. So it's the right question to ask how, when we build a program, how far in advance do we reassess? So I'm going to try to take all the other variables out. Um, if we have a stable baseline, so meaning you're not trying a new exercise pattern, you're not in the middle of changing a lot of other um, factors in your life, you're not in the middle of a move, you're not in the middle of a major financial change. I mean, all of those factors can really change how you feel. So they really affect the baseline that we're comparing to. So those cases are a little bit messier and take a little bit more thought and just frankly more time. But on average, if we make any change, really any change at all, and we haven't started feeling really good on it after one month, 
Um, most times it's sooner, but just to be safe from kind of a blanket statement, if you don't feel better after one month of making a change, I'm not convinced that is a good change or that that's a, a beneficial change from where you were before. Mm. You should actually feel a difference. So that includes many things. I've had patients that come off of soft drinks. So if they have a goal of decreasing blood sugars or losing weight, it's really common after a brief discussion, well, what, what are your sources of sugar outside of just simple fruits and vegetables? It's really common that things like highly sweetened coffees or soft drinks come up. Changing that alone can make a big difference to how people feel. We don't often feel good right off the bat because our bodies are used to that amount of sugar. But if we change it, you'll feel better long before a month. But certainly by the end of that month, we should very noticeably perceive an improvement. Mm -hmm. And it depends on your age too, right? I mean, as we age, we may not be able to, you know, have food sensitivities or you're, you can't eat pasta anymore with sauce because your body's changed or... Um... Yeah, sometimes people become a little bit more um, sensitive or reactive over time. Um, mm -hmm. Our ability to make stomach acid, different enzymes, bile, um, the, basically the entire digestive process can change a bit over time. But in my opinion, it's relatively minor. So if we are generally finding that we're becoming more sensitive or more reactive, it's usually a sign that something needs to change. Mm -hmm. um, to try to bring all of this into one basic theory that I often use, especially along the diet and just the body's reactivities, I call it the bucket theory. It's not something I made up. I'm sure I've gotten it from somebody else, but I use it all the time to explain to my patients. The amount of stress, total stress on the body fills this bucket up. So whether we're eating foods our body doesn't like, whether we have nutrient deficiencies, if we're lacking sleep, if we're over-exercising, under-resting, if we have significant emotional stress, basically anything that is harder on our body and mind fills that stress bucket up. And the fuller that stress bucket becomes, the more sensitive we become and the smaller the stresses needed to cause the symptoms spillover where we'll actually feel something where we'll get digestive problems where we'll feel headaches or where we'll start to get joint pains so we can either try to decrease the stresses we're experiencing and diet is a really big part of that for many people in my experience um we can also focus on stress outlets being active it essentially pokes a little hole in the bottle bottom of that bucket and helps it to drain out we can focus on other stress outlets like music for some people different kinds of art socializing is a major stress outlet for probably everyone or at least very close to it so putting all of these things together um, that can help us to relieve those stresses to help to drain the bucket and i found that to be super helpful to get a very steady baseline to get people to feel their best before making some of these changes so we can better assess is that addition of more broccoli better or worse for you we can pay attention to how the body feels mm. and it starts with what are your goals what what is your goals if it's to you know if you're a runner maybe a high protein diet may be right for you but it depends on on other things of course but um you know with technology right is there uh some you know a tool where you can monitor your blue your blood glucose uh, yeah well <laughs> absolutely yeah it's 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 relatively newer so as of right now it's still a little bit higher on the price point than some of the other tests or some of the other options available but a surprisingly cool tool is a continuous blood glucose monitor 
So these are typically used for people who have been diagnosed with diabetes, but they're not exclusively available to these people. We can start to look at what our blood sugars are doing before we get to a point of diabetes. And I think this is absolutely brilliant. We have the access to relatively high-end technology to tell us where our blood sugars are throughout the entire day when we're asleep, when we're awake, after we eat food, after we have a stressful event, basically after every moment, as long as we pay attention to what we're doing, um, continuous blood glucose monitors typically will hook up to your phone and give you a graph of blood sugars throughout the day. So you can calibrate what your body likes, what your body doesn't like, and we can further personalize. So I absolutely love this idea because your reactions and my reactions and the next person's reactions to a potato or to high fat foods or to a stressful event or to alcohol can be vastly different. It can be quite surprising how different one person can be to the other. And sometimes we see blood sugar spikes in times we didn't otherwise expect it. Mm. So if we're trying to make meaningful differences for that person, trying to really personalize, how do we get you the best diet for you? How do we get you feeling as good as you possibly can, knowing that you are different than me? These technologies can be quite fantastic. And a continuous, continuous blood glucose monitor is, yeah, it's a, I think it's a very underutilized tool for that. It's an amazing way to dive into the individualities of people. Yes, Dr. Lucas, can, you can also take a blood test too, right? And yeah, yeah. So blood tests are great snapshots in time to see generally where your blood sugars are. So if I do a blood test today, the two major tests are glucose, which is the amount of sugar that's in your blood right when the needle goes in. This is a little bit more sensitive to change. If you had a really stressful drive to a, a blood draw clinic, or if you're quite nervous about getting a blood draw that can spike your blood sugars. If you eat anything before that can cause it to go up or down. So it's, it's quite, quite variable, but it's a good assessment to see if the levels are way too high. Um, another simple blood test that's often done at the same time is hemoglobin A1C that tells you your blood sugar average over the past three to four months. So if you put those two together, we can get a pretty good snapshot as to where your blood sugar tends to sit. It doesn't tell us whether potatoes are good or bad for you, or whether fats are good or bad for you, or how much stress affects those things. But it does give us really good information over time. And it's basically the medical standard when assessing blood sugars, assessing things like diabetes. It gives us a good sense of whether or not this is a continuous blood glucose monitor is really likely to be valuable for you. So it is a piece of the puzzle because it's much more cost effective and much more available. I always recommend starting there so we can get a pretty good overview sense when we first start. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Lucas, um, people want more information. Where can they go? Yeah, so my personal website is drlucasmack.com. Um, that's information about me and generally what I'm doing. Um, the clinic I run is the Delbrook Integrative Medical Center, so delbrookintegrative.com. Uh, that is where you can find information about myself and the practitioners um, as a whole. We're slowly populating a little bit more information onto that website as a basically a catch-all information source. So I We'll continually be building onto that, but we can be reached at either of those, and we have contact forms on either. So feel free to reach out if you have any questions. I uh, love getting in touch with different people. Yes, thank you so much for coming on the show today, and and you'll be back. Absolutely, yeah. I always enjoy our chats and the chance to get the information out. So thanks again for having me. I enjoyed it as, as always.
Thank you, Dr. Lucas. Thanks for listening to the Run With It podcast. I'm your host, Christine Blanchette, and you can reach me at runwithit.ca.